This is the latest dispatch just received in our news. You let everybody believe you're dead. I have bad news for you. Ain't nobody stopping me. Here are your hosts, Dale, Nick, and LD. Stack those stats. Tip that waitress. Yo, what is up? Welcome to episode six of Live from Iowa. This episode is brought to you by Arrow, a cryptocurrency that's truly private form of digital cash. Arrow believes that privacy is a fundamental human right. In a world where corporations profit by using your valuable financial data, Arrow aims to put private transactions back in the hands of the people. For more info, check them out at arrowchain.io. Finally remembered to say that. This is going to be a great episode. <laughs> Dale, I think every episode I forgot to say that, right, Nick? Um, I don't listen to you in the beginning. Oh, ouch. Wow. Okay, so yeah, you're listening to Live from Iowa. What's up? We're going to be joined hey. by badass Hank Thomas later in the show. He's the CEO of Strategic Cyber Ventures, and he's he's just badass i mean there's there's really nothing more about it right yeah i'm excited to hear from him ld hey there what's good uh living the quarantine life man it's doing well we're drinking a little bit got a little uh crown royal tonight just straight crown or is it like crown apple uh straight crown with a few ice cubes nice nick what are you drinking i am finishing a mick ultra and i just opened uh truly oh what what flavor it's disgusting wild berry yes bad nasty okay so let's touch on uh coronavirus here i feel like every week it gets just gets a little more serious so i want to read something here i want to try and simplify coronavirus to people okay so let's just say karen got infected yesterday but she won't know until 14 days later fucking karen she thinks she's healthy and is infecting 10 people per day. These people, these 10 people think they are okay. They travel, go out, and infect 100 people. Those 100 people think they're healthy and keep infecting 1,000. No one knows who is okay or who is infected. That's why this thing is so crazy, right? Yeah. It's d- definitely crazy. Can, is that all you wanted to say about it? I yeah, I just think the thing, too, I want to mention about it is like looking at Italy and some Europe countries, their hospitals are being just absolutely flooded. I think people need to realize if you're sick and don't need, you know, I know this is a respiratory thing and it can affect your breathing. If you don't, if you're not short of breath, just quarantine yourself and don't go to the the hospital, the doctor, because there's nothing they can do for it. Yeah. That's my two cents. So I have a question. Yeah. Sorry, LD. No, go for it. Because my sister she lives in Virginia. It's like a couple hours away from where I am. And she was going to come and visit me. She wants to come and see me so I can do her hair and stuff, of course. But I'm like nervous to have her come, honestly. Yeah, Cause I don't, I don't know what all she's been doing. Yeah. You shouldn't have her come. I, okay. I have to tell her no. Cause I left yeah. her kind of like, I left her on red. Cause yeah, I, I would, I would err on the side the of caution. Problem. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. I feel that I feel that way too. It's why it was hard to decide. Yeah. It uh, it's tough, and I I think I don't know. I think something more needs to be done, but I don't feel like getting into it. Right. So with that, you know the good news. 
What's it, what's the good? This name? is the first episode that we've had where when we do the check-ins, they're all positive from a week ago. So let's get into our crypto update. Okay. This is brought That's to fair. you by Luxcore. Luxcore is empowering people by developing products like Luxgate, a trustless peer-to-peer decentralized exchange. Find out more info at luxcore.io. So Nick, winners, losers, whatever where are we starting? Um, let's do winners. All right. So the third highest gainer this week is swipe tipper ticker is SXP. It's up 230% from a week ago. Second is EOS DAC up 250%. And the winner for the weekly is streamer data coin ticker is data. It's up 372%. It's got a 19.3 million market cap, 987 million supply. It's a, it's on the Ethereum platform. It's what LD? Total shit coin. Okay, so for the losers, Hedera Hashgraph is down eight point five two percent. The ticker on that's H bar. Uh, Hyperion ticker is HYN. That's down nine point four four percent. And the loser that I feel has been a loser every week for us is Dragon Coins DRG. Yeah. Down eleven point eight percent. Thirteen point five million market cap. Four hundred forty two million supply. It's a what LD? Oh, shit coin. Okay, so our check-ins, it, Bitcoin is up 25.42% to 6,313. Ethereum is up 16.35% to $130.75. Ripple is up 9.61% to $0.16. Cents, and Bitcoin Cash is up 26.75% to $216.86. I had no idea that things were up. Yeah. I haven't been paying attention. Insane in the membrane. Um, I think it's actually, yeah, like I said, I think it's the first time uh, since we've done this that they've all been up. Yeah. It seems like it. Turn in the corner. Turn in the corner. Let's hope. Um, Speaking of turning the corner, LD, we uh, we got an update. We need to think of a name for this guy. Nick, you're good at that. Yeah. What should we yeah. name this guy? The, the voicemail guy? guy. The voicemail guy. He's never That's left his name. his name? No, he has. We he, just he don't want to share it. Exactly. Oh, because they wouldn't even know if we just said that. <laughs> <laughs> no one really knows if we're being honest or not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, see, it's so a good point. It's a good point. But now we can't do that either. I want to say Norman. And if it's because I heard his real name, then... I just feel like his Norman. Name is it Norman. is. His name's Norman. There, yeah, it's Norman from now on. So we've got uh, Norman scrolling through our <laughs> messages. LD, um, he's left you like five messages in the last couple okay. weeks. Yeah, yeah. So after the last episode where we played some of his voicemails, he was calling very frequently, like sometimes every fifteen or twenty minutes. And he wasn't always leaving a voicemail, but sometimes he did. And this is when the, uh, when the market was really crashing. Um, so you can tell in his voicemails that he's struggling a bit. Let's play one. Okay. Do you want me to play anyone in particular? Cause I got five of them. <laughs> oh my God. Seriously? I realize I sent you that many. Uh, so it's hard to. Should I send him the ones from, from Friday? After the market was tanking, I say yes. Okay, here we go. This is a voicemail one from Norman. 
Harriet, I'd love to see you. I haven't heard from you since before your workshop. And on Friday, I sold all my socks. And um, I have good chicken soup. just came out of the freezer. Uh, my second part of it. And I love you and love to see you. Give me a call, please. Even a short call would be good. Love you. Namaste. So it's a bit heartbreaking, right? Like it you is. can hear you can hear in his voice. He just wants somebody to share his chicken soup with. And uh he's a lonely guy. Okay, so here's another one. Let's listen to this one and then um we can discuss a little more. This one's forty three seconds. Here we go. I hope you're doing well. I hope you you enjoy the workshop you took and I would love to uh speak with you. Kindly give me a call. I and on Friday I sold all my stocks, so uh a little bit less stress. Uh anyway, I love you, I'd love to see you and I just took another batch of chicken soup that I made last week out of the freezer and I'd love to share it. Uh hope you're doing well. I'd love to see you. Please give me a call. Thanks. Even a short call. Namaste. So yeah, the poor guy. I mean, you could just, you know, I, I want to know at this point of the game, I want to know, is this guy just saying like, I love you and like really reaching out or did they have a relationship where they said, I love you at one point? Oh, wow. That's a good question. Okay. But he says, I haven't seen you since your last workshop or whatever. He's so he sees her. Yeah. I think LD said it the last, maybe run, the last think, time. I don't think that that's, I don't believe that though. I don't think that he like runs into her and she like pretends. I don't know. I don't know. It's, I don't, uh, know. I don't know either. I want to change that his was, name also. Uh, I think you picked a pretty good name for him. I think, do you know who he reminds me of for real? Um, if you've ever seen Look Who's Talking, the yeah. grandpa, uh, what's his name? It's like Abe, Abe Vigoda. Abe Vigoda, yeah. Oh my God, he sounds like him. So I just picture that <laughs> face now when I hear this voice and it's really weird. Do you want me to send you a picture of him? Do you want to know what he looks like? You just want to use your imagination. Who, you have an actual photo of this guy? I might. Oh. Seriously? Have you been investigating? Oh yeah, I've investigated. I know some details. License How detective. come you haven't shared these with me? Uh, it's, I didn't save them, so I just oh, Google, gotcha. yeah, I would have to Google it all over again. Okay. But I'm okay. happy to do it if we want to. If you want to see it, I don't want to put it on the website or anything. But no, of no, not. no. So that it's just crazy to me. The poor guy. You know, Norman, if you're listening, I'll have some of your chicken soup, brother. Just, <laughs> well, just let me know, man. Right into the show, we'll have you on. I'll. I'll I'll even come down and visit you once this Corona shit settles. Okay. Ah, we should all go visit him and be like, we "Hey, we put you on our show." Yeah, it's it'll be Norman. Idea. You know, Norman the voicemailer could be interesting. <laughs> It'd be. It really could be. It could be. <laughs> or it could be awkward. Could be very awkward. I'm leaning probably more towards awkward. Yeah, Speak, so, so should I? So, speaking of interesting and awkward, do you guys want some in real life news? I do. Uh, yeah, I need to get out Everybody? of this funk here with Norman. Okay, so, well, <laughs> I don't know what this is going to do to you, but um, so apparently uh, disinfectant wipes have been causing some issues in the sewers of great California. Mm. 
So I don't know who doesn't know not to flush these already since like I think People. you're told at birth like not to flush wipes. I think it's just common sense the toilets for toilet paper only. That's why it's called toilet paper. But it turns out that people are still doing that and they're causing some issues. And then it goes on to say that um, these were actually like surface wipes. Oh my God. Like Lysol wipes. So either they're like wiping the counters down and then they're like, I'm going to walk all the way to the bathroom and flush this thing. Instead of throwing it in the garbage, which is conveniently located, I'm sure. Or they're wiping their ass with Lysol wipes, which is probably really dangerous for your ass. You know what I mean? It's got to burn, doesn't it? I it wonder. can't be good for your ass. <laughs> no, but there's that. That's going on. It's a good uh, one. Yeah. That's insane. Not surprising, but insane. Dale, I put this one in for you because you're... A redneck, and you, so you like country music. Dude, I love. I I already know where. Go on, go on. So, is her name pronounced Marin? Yep. Okay, Marin Morris. She gave birth today. Did she? To her son. Mm-hmm. She's name. awesome. I love Marin Morris. She has a very nice voice. I've listened to her. Yeah, some of her she's stuff. great. Um, his name is Hayes Andrew Hurd. So that's exciting for the country community. Her first child, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Never that was heard of her. Oh, LD. Wow. Okay. Okay. Sorry. We'll have to get you on that. We'll have um, to talk about her next week in your music yeah, segment. Yeah, sure. Oh, there you go. There you go. A little review. Um, so dating apps are seeing an increase in the video and the voice chat usage. Bumble has actually seen a 21% increase uh, itself. Nice. And people are actually talking for longer than usual. And they said that they were staying on for at least 15 minutes. To me, that seems kind of like quick. Longer than usual, 15 minutes. I've never been on Bumble. Like, Which one is Bumble? No I idea. Think, isn't, I, think it's, I think it's the one that the girl gets to initiate like everything. She gets mm. to start the conversation. Um, whatever. Gotcha. But okay. I was going to make jokes about like it lasting for at least 15 minutes which is (laughs) you know (laughs) anyway nasty nasty we'll we'll just move on to the next one so there's a man from la who is filing a class action lawsuit against target um he's saying that their their store brand sanitizer hand sanitizer does not in fact kill 99.99 percent of germs and that there's no scientific uh, data to back that up. He might actually have something though, because I guess Purell is going through the same thing. They actually don't. There's no real proof, that like they that work? it could get that it could that it could like kill like a, the coronavirus. Like if it were on your mm-hmm. hands and you put Purell on your hands, there's like no proof. So, and then some of the people were saying that it's nothing more than a topical antiseptic, which made me want to laugh at all the people that bought all of it really quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. You know, instead of like regular hand soap. Yeah. Bums. For real. That'll be interesting to see how that plays out. If I would agree, we'll see. And that's it for the news. That's the news. Those were good. That was good stuff. So we'll we'll try we'll go to sports update. This is getting kind of light with everything going on. So uh for you sports junkies that listen. You should enjoy every sport update you get because I don't know how much longer it'll be around. So Denny Hamlin edged Dale Earnhardt Jr. in a virtual NASCAR race held over the weekend. Um, Denny claims he raced bare feet, barefoot, 
pair of feet. God damn, I'm an idiot. Hey, I've been um, to his house. Have you really? I actually have. Yeah, went to a party there. My girlfriends were really good friends with him. This was before I had my son. Wow. Yeah. So Denny Hamlin, Nick's friend, edged out <laughs> Dale Jr. Uh, Tom Brady went to the Bucks, like I predicted. No big deal. Uh, Olympics just today we're recording on the 23rd announced that they have been postponed. There's no official date, but it's looking like uh, probably 2021 summer. So next summer. And then multiple professional athletes are donating money to stadium employees to help with all the lost wages during this time of non-work, which is pretty cool. I thought so that's your, again, that's your sports update. Nothing too crazy. Speaking of crazy, Doc's going to give us, a breakdown he he's stuck. he's currently got the flu so doc let's hear about the flu hey guys all right today i've got influenza or more commonly referred to as just the flu specifically though i want to talk to you about why influenza is not like coronavirus and covid is not quote just like the flu so first let's tackle some similarities both are caused by respiratory viruses meaning they're microorganisms that can only replicate inside of a living cell specifically the cells that line your respiratory respiratory tract your nose throat lungs other respiratory viruses uh, exist they're like adenovirus or rhinovirus which cause common cold uh, rsv and many others the symptoms of all of these have a huge overlap um, cold and flu symptoms just like we've been talking about uh, most of the time it doesn't matter what virus is causing your cold that's why we don't care about testing for all of these different things usually because um, nearly everyone recovers without any specific treatment other similarities include how we think they're spread uh, the, the viruses are present in mucus and saliva and so they spread through coughs and sneezes there's some differences and some debate on how long the particles can remain in the air, how far they can travel. It all relates to how big the particles are, how long the virus can survive outside of a host, how much virus is in each droplet. Um, so between the two, we think flu can survive in the air for an hour or two. Um, it can survive on surfaces maybe for a day or two. Compare that with data that just came out from the CDC today uh, based on studying the Diamond Princess disaster, which suggests that the coronavirus can live on surfaces for up to 17 days. That's insane. All right, so you got infected, then what? Well, for influenza, the incubation period is about one to four days, the average being two, meaning if you're going to get sick, about half of people will have symptoms within two days. There is likely an asymptomatic period where you can be contagious before you even know you're sick, and that might be a full day. Some people can spread the virus without ever becoming ill. We see those asymptomatic carriers with COVID as well, but the timeline, timeline is a bit longer. Average incubation for COVID is five days, but the range is from two to 14, so it takes quite a bit more time for the illness to show itself. So some quick math, it can survive in the wild for weeks, it can take another week or so before you even get sick. Oh, and then once you're recovered, uh, some individuals that have recovered are still spreading the virus for up to 37 days later. That's why so many people are worried that this can't be solved with just a simple two-week shutdown. And that's vastly different from the flu with its predictable seasonal spread. So let's talk about that for a sec. Each season, the CDC estimates that about 8% of the population in the United States gets sick with influenza. That can be the, an A strain or a B strain of which there are multiples between those. If you include asymptomatic infected people, it might be as high as 20%. Com uh, 
compare that to COVID, which conservative estimates predict that 20% of the population will be affected eventually, but some estimates say as high as 50 to 80% over the next one to two years. Those are crazy numbers before we even talk about lethality. Now, granted, uh, the mortality rates of COVID seem to change just as much as the testing or the symptoms do, um, and it varies by when you have it, by age, by location, etc. Overall, it seems to be ranging about 1-4% to mortality worldwide, which is about 10 times that of the flu, so also scary. So how do we beat these viruses? Well, with the flu, we do have a few drugs that might work, like Tamiflu. It has limited benefit, though. Even the best data shows it really only reduces your symptoms by about a day, and that's only if you start it within 48 hours of onset. And that's also got some not-so-fun side effects. Nausea and diarrhea are pretty common, so not great. I've pretty much stopped prescribing Tamiflu, except as prophylaxis for high-risk patients, like... uh, dad with asthma and mom has the flu or kids that that have asthma, something like that. Um, Other thing that helps with with flu is we know how flu behaves. We've seen it year after year. We know what to expect. We know who it will attack, what complications to look for, etc. Also, we've all been exposed to flu multiple times throughout our lives. And so we likely have some immunity uh, developed over time. so that we don't get as sick with subsequent infections and it doesn't spread as quickly. Most importantly, we have a vaccine. While it might not be great year to year, it's pretty lousy sometimes. Uh, It does give some protection almost every year, um, especially for the most vulnerable patients, the old and the very young or the immunocompromised. COVID, on the other hand, has no approved medications and no vaccines. Despite what the president says, these drugs are not ready for widespread use. That initial study of hydrochloroquine and azithromycin that he went on about was really only done in 26 patients. 20 of those did recover, but the other six either died, were transferred to the ICU, or had to stop the medicines due to side effects. Not exactly stellar results, and certainly not enough for me to start dishing out prescriptions. So what do we do then? Well, social distancing and hand washing ad nauseum. Rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, literally. If you're religious, I'd say start praying that some of these medication trials do pan out and we can find safe and effective doses to be used in outpatient clinics. We can avoid doing so much work inside the hospital and start attacking this before it gets bad, before you end up in the ICU. I really think those things are our best short-term hope to curb this pandemic. Uh, Long-term, a vaccine is still a year or more out. Um, So for now, go out there, save the world by doing almost nothing. That's all I got for you today. Find me on Twitter at TrogMD. My DMs are always open for questions and unofficial medical advice. Thanks, and back to you guys. Thanks, Doc, for that Thank update. Thank you, Doc. You're the man. Thank you, Doc. Stay safe out there, everybody. Finally, we can bring a little more badass onto the show. The moment everyone's really been waiting for. Probably, I'm going to go out on the limb here and say it's going to be the most badass person that we've probably ever had on our show or will ever had have. Uh, Hank Thomas. Hank, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, Hank. Thanks, hey, for, hey. thanks for joining. <laughs> I mean, like I said, uh, I don't know, you know, I mean, you've got almost 6,000 followers, so you're well known on, on the Twitter space. And I know like on cybersecurity and OPSEC, you're pretty well known too. But maybe for people that don't know you and help back up my claim of you being one of the most badass people that I know, tell us a little bit about yourself. 
Yeah, sure. Um, well, currently I'm a venture capitalist, but how did I get here? It's, it's kind of a, kind of accidental venture capitalist. I um, I went to a, a small state school in, in Louisiana for my undergrad degree. I had an ROTC scholarship. I got lucky enough to be branched into the intelligence corps in the, in the army, uh, and that's that's how I got into uh, tactical military intelligence operations and then strategic military intelligence operations and cyber security. Then I was uh, after spending about eight years on active duty in the Army, uh, I became a security consultant for 10 years at a pretty big company called Booz Allen Hamilton and worked um, some more at the NSA, which I also worked in while I was at the, at the Army. And, uh, and then uh, four years ago, I started my own company called Strategic Cyber Ventures, which is a venture capital firm that focuses solely on cybersecurity startups. So pretty badass. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like the geekier side of badass, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, first off, thank you for your service uh, in the army and everything. Um, yeah, it was still, fun. I mean, I, I, I consider it a privilege. It was, it was like a, it was an honor. It was like an adventure. It was fun. Yeah. So that's just crazy. So when you're in the army on the intelligence side, like, what were some things that you, you know, that you did? I mean, obviously, don't get too don't dive too and in, big into it, but some interesting things. Right, right, right. You want me to tell me like my killing Ben Lider story or what do you want me to start? I want to hear that one. Yeah, that's yeah, a good that sounds good. No, nothing that, nothing that good, nothing that good. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, it, you, you kind of, when you go into the army as a, as an officer, like you kind of, you know, it's just like any job, you kind of building blocks. Uh, and I started out as a, a tactical intelligence officer and a, in an airborne infantry battalion, which is basically you are the, the guy that tells the commander of the infantry battalion um, where the bad guy is. And generally you have no idea where the bad guy is and you're kind of just like guessing the best you can. Uh, and this was, um, this was no cyber, no internet really. We were, you know, this is as grunty as it gets uh, kind of job, but it's, it's where you kind of learn the ropes. Mm-hmm. Uh, most, most army intel guys kind of start in something like this. Um, but you got to do cool things like jump out of airplanes and tell these, you know, snake eating, killing machine infantry guys where the bad guy is or where you think he is, uh, and what he might do next. So it's, it's almost like fortune telling a, a little bit, you know, cause you, but you also have people gathering information for you. So you start to learn about the intelligence collection process and things like that. And, um, then I moved on to being an electronic warfare platoon leader, which we did collection and jamming of of, uh, mostly in training uh, scenarios, but some real life stuff. This is all, this is just before 9 11. Um, basically, uh, how, how to um, intercept enemy communications and jam them as needed on the battlefield. And then 9 11 hit, and uh, I was in a training school and I got um, for a sort of advanced intelligence training school, and I got reassigned to the National Security Agency right after 9 11, and I spent most of the rest of my career the remaining four years of it um on active duty working at the nsa for the most part uh building uh cyber operations programs because at the time the nsa was also very much like transitioning from a cold war radio frequency focused place to a a, a place that was really trying to learn how to conduct operations in cyberspace sure so before we dive into the nsa here a little bit Jumping out of airplanes, like, I don't know, Nick or LD, if you guys have ever skydived, but 
to me that chance. that sounds <laughs> terrible. Yeah, I would never. I like no if I'm, done, none of you. No, no, if I'm like five stories up, look down. My palm instant. My palms are sweaty right now, thinking about jumping out of an airplane. Yeah, to be honest, my, mine are too. I mean, I I felt that way every time I did it. It wasn't my favorite thing, but it but it um, it forced me to sort of face. I think it's a fear everybody kind of has deep down inside of it. Some people are just better at suppressing it than others. But um, yeah, I mean, it was. When you are a young lieutenant in the army and you've got 25 other guys, 18 year olds behind you, and they're all expecting you to jump out of the airplane first, <laughs> you figure out how to do it. <laughs> nice. I just, yeah. were you ever afraid like the parachute wouldn't come out? Every single time. Oh yeah. That's gotta be yeah. like, yeah. like that, you know, you're go, getting ready to pull that and you're just, I just would shut my eyes and, you know, grip my teeth and be like, not today, please. And then foop. All right, cool. Especially at night, and most military oh parachute takes place at night, <laughs> and so you, uh, not a lot of people parachute at night unless you're in the military, which makes adds a, a different level of uh, of fun to the factor. Weren't you ever afraid at night, like there was a, just a random tree that would pop up when you were the, landing? Yeah. Generally, I mean, I only ever did it in a training environment. I never did it oh. into like you know, like real a real world shoot them up uh-huh. environment or anything, um, parachuting at least in the, uh, uh, and I, um, yeah, no, I mean, it's quite possible, but generally we have like a, a very large field beneath us. Um, uh-huh. if the wind blows the wrong way, I saw a lot of, I did see people on occasion end up in trees. Damn. Would you wear <laughs> night vision at night when doing it? No, you don't wear it when you're jumping. Uh, but you, you, um, you have it like around your chest and you can pop sure. it on. Uh, yeah, pop it on, but it generally you want to protect it because the land needs to be kind of kind of hard, and you don't want to you know you don't want to break that. <sighs> yeah. My overall opinion on this is fuck this. Like, <laughs> my palms are so sweaty talking about this. <laughs> yeah, but, well, it's fun and uh, it's worth trying at least once. I'm, I'm, you'll change your mind when you're coming down. You'll you'll want to do it again. Oh, I it's bet. The getting I out part. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. Let's uh let's talk about the NSA before we talk about going to the the nuts and bolts and everything of OPSEC and cybersecurity. So you're in the NSA. I know you can't really say much about it. Not many. I wouldn't. I would say of like you know the the FBI, the CIA. I would say the NSA kind of falls wayside to those two. Would you agree? As far as public like like public knowledge like, of it. Yeah, like it doesn't get as much attention. Kind yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think I think Hollywood's changing that a little bit. Sometimes you even see in movies now they'll have like you know the NSA is included a lot more. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's definitely the it's you know for the most part the mission is is a it's it's since it's kind of an invisible mission it makes it sort of less sexy. But I think you know with the advent of you know with people understanding the, the importance of the internet and stuff like now it's. Uh, I, I might be changing a bit, um, but yeah, I would, I would agree with you on that. I mean, there's 17 intelligence agencies. A lot of people don't realize that. Wow. Um, I had no idea. And, uh, yeah. There's 17 intelligence agencies, which is kind of crazy, right? It is. Yeah. But, um, but the NSA is a big one and it's, it's largely made, it's actually a part of the department of defense and 
it's largely um, made up by members of the military, which I think a lot of people don't realize, but it's uh, the workforce is, uh, I don't know for sure, but I'd say it's like a 50-50 split between militaries and, and DOD, civilian, Department of Defense civilians sure. that work there. And they're all, you know, they're, they're stationed globally at different locations working NSA missions. So is it, is it true, like on, um, or maybe I'm thinking of the CIA, but like if someone were to ask you, you know, when you're in the NSA, so what do you do? Is it like, you're like, I'm a florist, you know, you just totally make something up. <laughs> there are definitely uh, jobs like that in the intelligence community where people have to protect their, um, their status where they, sure. where, you know, that they're aligned to an intelligence operation so they can perform whatever function is they do. Um, and I'm sure there are people in every intelligence agency that, that, that are required to do that. But for the most part, um, it, you know, it's a disclosed uh, organization. People, a lot of people are in the D.C. area, work at the NSA, and you know, they'll tell people, sometimes just to make it less uh, maybe scary for people, they say they work at the Department of Defense or something like oh, that. Oh, sure. The NSA. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, it's, you know, it's, it's an overt um, and not covert mission and um but there are elements of that, that are covert for sure but now that what they go to work and do every day is um you know that that that's a different story right i bet what's yeah. the coolest nsa story you can share the coolest NSA story i can share um let's see i, I got to work in an organization that um built really cool stuff for special operations forces. So when special operations forces needed um, really cool electronic gizmos, uh, we built them and customized them for them and then wow. uh, got them to them so that they could use them and we helped train them on how to use them and then took their feedback to build even better ones the next time. Sweet. That's yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. Can you give us an example of, of something you built? Uh, examples of things. Yeah, most of them are. Uh, most of them are. Uh, so it's, it's no secret the NSA does signals collection and analysis. So yeah. um, a, lot, a lot of times uh, there can be very remote places in the world that are hard for uh, signals intelligence collection. Uh, traditionally, you know, traditionally. What do you mean? What do you mean signals? What What is? Uh, Signals are like anything, radio frequency signals mm. for the most part. Uh, okay. But then, you know, in today's world, it could be cyber signals. So let's say like it's a remote valley in Afghanistan, right? And um, it's very deep and it's very steep and there's Taliban operating in this valley. And you want to know what those Taliban dudes are saying to each other. Okay. Um, you would build like uh, the, the army uses like signals and uh, collection equipment that they put in places to listen to people in walkie talkies and things like that mm -hmm. hear what they're saying so you can know where the enemy's moving and uh what all the information you know basically you want to you want to exploit their bad opsec <laughs> so that you can gather information on them got it nick were you thinking like smoke signals i wasn't really sure dale <laughs> I, know, I know what smoke signals are thank you I just well, well, that would be like that would be like the, the the predecessor to the NSA. I'm sure the cavalry scouts of like the Western Plains used to interpret Indian spoke signals or something sure. like that, and oh, yeah. they probably did something very similar. So take yeah. that, Dale. Yeah, yeah boom. Ass. Yeah. Drop mic. 
Okay, so you, Hank, you just kind of talked segue into, you know, your kind of specialty or um, I guess what you really focus on. And, and I used you, I was a couple of years ago, I, you and I talked for a good, I don't know, half an hour or so about OPSEC when, before I went to conferences and stuff like that. So let's just kind of focus on, you know, for you, your opinion, what, what are the most important OPSECs? opsec people can have or why is it so important yeah i mean i think it's all about protecting the keys to your kingdom or your crown jewels right that, that's the way i've always looked at opsec that's the way i was trained to think about opsec um i even at one time one of my titles was like opsec officer for our organization in the army so it was, it was it's a part of every like intelligence person's like sort of job title um because you're either like, like I said, you're either exploiting somebody's bad OPSEC uh, or making their OPSEC worse in some way so that you can't exploit it, or you are performing a defensive mission where you need to make sure your organization's OPSEC is high. And that, I think that trickles all the way down to individuals. The same principles apply. Um, if you read the Army field manual uh, on it, or you look at the Marine Corps version of it, or the Navy, I mean, it all comes down to a few things, which is, First, what needs to be protected? You got to identify what that is because you can't protect everything. Mm-hmm. Um, in the military, that's called EEFI or essential elements of friendly information. And so you identify what your what your EEFI is and you draw a circle around it and you say, okay, these are the things I need to protect above and beyond everything else. Um, so I'm sure everybody, you know, whether you've been in the military or not or your corporation, always, you know, so if you're an individual out there listening right now, like, what are those things and how, how are you going to protect them? It's a lot different to do that today now that we're so connected. Mm-hmm. Um, the second is like, who, who do you actually even have an enemy that, <laughs> that might want to exploit these things? Right. Are you, uh, you know, if you're a bigger organization, I, I think in today's world, the answer is yes, everybody has one. It's not necessarily your enemy, but you have um, a global network of criminals that are looking to steal things from people that, you know, crime still does pay and basically everything can be monetized in some way, shape or form. Um, so yes, I think the answer to that is yes. Everybody has something like that. And then, and then you have to look at the third thing is look at what your vulnerabilities are and figure out how to best plug those holes. Um, and the fourth is, you know, are you, are you in an environment where people are going to be trying to come through those holes every day or every month or every year? And like, how much do you want to degrade your ability to operate like a human to plug those holes? I mean, do you want, do you want your business to come to a grinding halt? Do you want your individual, your daily life to come to a grinding halt because you have a million passwords? Or are you in a more permissible environment where you can, where you don't necessarily need to have that level of security? And then, so that's kind of the threat level. And then the last is, um, you know, how do you want to combat these threats? Um, so like that would be the applications of the appropriate OPSEC measures that you need to take. So um, those are the passwords and things like that. So if you decide that, that your threat, if you decide that your threat level is very high, then maybe you need lots of passwords and maybe you need lots of other like locks on your doors and moats around your network and, uh, maybe you need a zero trust environment like a lot of people are going to. Yeah. And for the record, we'll have these 
those five things that Hank just listed on our website at livefromiowa.com. So uh, you can click on his show link and we'll have the five things up there. Yeah, one one of them, I think one of them that everyone can is dealing with these days is uh, spear phishing emails. I mean, I think that's a, a threat vector into all of our lives that um, I know that uh, in like some of the consulting work that I still have some tentacles into uh, and from when I was there, I mean, that was the number one way that bad guys get into things is, you know, highly realistic spear phishing emails that people just can't resist clicking on and then boom, they own, they have a foothold in your, in your world and then they can start to move laterally and, and steal and try to get towards those, uh, those keys to your kingdom or your crown jewels um, faster. Are these those types of emails that um, like from the Nigerian prince kind of thing, or are they uh, veiled differently? Like what kind of emails? I mean, I think, yeah, they're, they're uh, Nigerian prince is one. The yeah. Nigerian prince generally is trying to actually like socially engineer you into actually mailing him a check as opposed to, uh, I haven't seen many Nigerian prince emails where they're trying to get you to click on something and then they gotcha. Um, there's uh, these are generally um, these are coming in and they look, appear to be somebody you know. The, the best ones okay. I see are the ones that appear to be somebody you know or somebody you want to know. Like I'm the CEO of so and so, and you've been waiting to hear from this, you know, somebody like that or that guy specifically for for months and months and months. I, an example that happened to me, um, and I, I still haven't been able to fully unpack how this happened, but. Um, my aunt in Louisiana every year sends out a, a Christmas list uh, of you know, names of everyone who whose names you drew and like all your cousins and you, know, you draw one of your cousins' names or whatever. And um, I'm pretty sure I know how this happened, but I got a highly realistic yet fake email from her, uh, somebody purporting to be her, asking me uh, to you know click on something because she had put it into a Google document. And so my antenna went up because I knew my aunt had like still had like a hotmail account and she didn't have whatever this was of like a, mm. a Gmail account. And the second thing was there was no way that my aunt knew how to, you know, put a, um, a hyperlink to something in an email. Um, but everything else was looked very spot on the way she wrote things, the way she, and um, so, you know, but I, and there's, but I, there's ones that are even, uh, I'm sure you, you guys have all seen, things like this, but um, that's, that's the way bad guys are getting in now. Not, the really sophisticated ones spend a lot of time making sure the spelling's correct, their English is perfect, and they tempt you or they scare you into clicking on something. So I've heard, of, I've heard about that, but I've never seen it myself, so I, I do know what you're talking about now that you've explained it. What are some of the other, uh, like, what are some of the mistakes that normal people might make other than falling for this type of email? What are some other stuff that, that gets us? Yeah, I, another thing is um, we used to we used to use this. So this is uh, like in the um, security world or the intelligence world, there's something called tradecraft, which is like, you know, that's a broad term for like, how you perform operation like uh, exploitative operations or collection operations or things. It's the, it's the tactics, techniques, and procedures you use to do this. And one thing on the uh, cyber intelligence collection side of things that I've seen is that 
people, you know, undoubtedly post too much about their life online, making it easy for them, people to perform the things I just described. But if you're a company, even if you're a small business, or you're a small business in Iowa or anywhere, um, and you're building a security program for your organization, so you're a community bank or, you know, you're a pet sitting business, whatever, um, but you're still building a security team. I'm not sure pet sitting business would have a security team, but a, a community bank would. And you have job postings. Um, we, we used to go in and when we were like red teaming organizations, OPSEC and things, we would say, okay, from your job postings online, we learned that you use X, Y, and Z type of uh, firewall and you're using this, this, that, and the other operating system. Those are all things that, yes, you need to tell the world to find an employee to come fill this post, this position, but it also gives bad guys information on what your network looks like and it's going to make their job easier as they're trying to break into it. So you, you really need to kind of balance how much information you tell the world because bad guys are out there looking at it to try to learn about what the makeup of your network is so it's easier for them to break in and then move around it once they do. So speaking of sharing too much information on the internet, we're about to ask you a couple questions called quick hits. I'm going to say some words really quickly and you're just going to choose really quickly one of those words. Okay. Are you excited? Oh, yeah, I have this. I have no idea what to expect here. This is crazy. Okay, ready? You're going to love it. You're going to love it. <laughs> it's good time. Okay, ready? I'm ready. Beer or whiskey? Whiskey. Boxers or briefs? Boxers. Gatorade or Powerade? Gatorade. Bone in or boneless wings? Boneless. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Yes or no? Yes. Dang, that was fast. Taco or burrito? Taco. Oh, oh thank God you answered. I know. Thank God. Oh, I, was, I was always <laughs> holding my breath from that because LB is, is pounding. Pissed. <laughs> I was going to drop him if he said burrito. He, I don't care how badass he is. He was going down. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, but if you talk to my if you talk to my wife about my consumption of frozen burritos over uh, the quarantine period, she might say otherwise. Uh, <laughs> but there's not a lot of frozen. There's not a lot of frozen tacos. No, that's a good say. point. Hey, okay, before we move to fun and games, we're going to play Fact or Fiction. Hank, I got to ask, you tweeted about Live from Iowa earlier. What's this uh, time you are in Council Bluffs? Oh, uh, I used to go out to Omaha all the time. I've actually been in Council, Council Bluffs more than once because sometimes that's where there's like casinos, right, on the other side yeah. of the river? Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, so I used to go out to Omaha all the time to, um, to off at Air Force Base. Sure. And uh, we, we would stay either downtown Omaha or over there in Council Bluffs at one of the casinos. And uh, um, uh, I don't have a cra- – I, I, was, I was alluding to a crazy story when I was there. I think the craziest – I saw some crazy stuff in the casinos. Like, yeah. Um, it was like a casino like I've never seen before because I've never really – well, I've never been to a casino in Iowa. But we had a good time. I mean, it was – um, there was like a band playing and it was sort of like, it was a mini Las Vegas feel. Yeah. But, uh, it's Iowa, man. I stayed out too. Yeah. It was, it was legit. Um, yeah. So everyone, I lived, uh, well, I lived in Omaha for a while and everyone called council bluffs council Tucky because it's super like hillbilly. <laughs> okay. But you said it, not me. I didn't know what I wanted to say that. Yeah. No, it's totally <laughs> acceptable. Totally acceptable. And the only people that don't, 
think that are the people that actually live in Council Tucky. So, all right. <laughs> well, so I mean, Omaha is actually pretty advanced. I mean, that, that's a I, I enjoyed going there. That's yeah, a cool place. Yeah, it so. was great, and I would totally move back there in a heartbeat. But all right, so we're gonna move. This is fun and games. We're gonna play fact or fiction. So I'm gonna read a statement. Um, there's gonna be four rounds. You each pick fact or fiction, and uh, I'll read a statement, and you just decide if it's fact or fiction, and then. Uh, the order is Hank, LD, and Nick. Okay? So you guys ready? <clears throat> ready. Do it. Okay, so if you crush up Viagra and put it in a flower vase with water, it's going to stand up straight for weeks. <laughs> Fiction. That is actually a fact. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, LD. Hit me. You're twice as likely to get killed by a shark as opposed to a vending machine falling on you and killing you. I'm twice as likely to, to be, eaten to by be a shark. killed by a shark. Um, fiction. That is true. Actually, you're twice, or I'm sorry, that is, that's fiction. You're correct. So you're actually twice as likely to get killed by a vending machine mm -hmm. than by a shark, which makes I sense. That. I mean, how many people actually swim in the ocean, but. Okay, Nick. Yeah. Cow moos. <laughs> All right, I got I wrote this down wrong. Cow moos with regional accents. So a cow in Iowa moos different than a cow in Texas. Fact or fiction? <laughs> um, fiction. It is fact. Of course. All right, Hank. The Supreme Court has its own basketball court named the highest court in the land. Fact. That is correct. It is a fact. Um, LD. Yeah. High heels were originally made for women. Uh, fact. That is fiction. They were actually originally made I for women. I knew that one. See? Mm. Okay, I Nick. I didn't want it to be true. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Nick. Dairy yeah. cows produce 3% more milk when listening to music. What's with all the cows, Dale? Why is that just for me? I, di I didn't notice. Sorry. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Can you repeat the question? Sure. Dairy cows produce 3% more milk when listening to music. Um, I'm going to say fact. That's correct. Yay. Okay, Hank. There is a McDonald's in every continent. Fact or fiction? Fact. It is fiction. There's not one in oh. there in every continent, continent except Antarctica. I was thinking there was like at the scientific base. Maybe they put one in now. Yeah. I, I know. Gotcha. I kind of thought that too. Yeah. I didn't um, think that at all. Oh, okay. Excuse us. <laughs> okay. Uh, LD. The stage before frostbite is called frost nip. <laughs> uh, fact fiction. or fiction that is fiction. actually true okay guys no way. Yep. it's true you're making that up no i'm googling it right google now. it right now while i'll ask nick okay <laughs> nick right. okay tiger's skin is striped and not their fur fact or fiction yeah you're right told you um it's a that's a fact that is true thank you okay so final round the score is Nick 2, LD, and Hank 1. Here we go. Hank, you ready? I'm ready. 
Okay, in 2014, a missing woman, oh my gosh, a missing woman on vacation in Iceland was found when she realized she was in the search party looking for herself. Fact or fiction? Fact. That is true. Wow. It's a shame. (laughs) (laughs) All right, LD. Walmart has a higher acceptance rate for employment than Harvard does for admission. Fact or fiction? that is fiction no way yep harvard's acceptance rate is like four percent and walmart's is like 2.8 dang okay nick for the win Mm. mark zuckerberg unsuccessfully tried to sell the facebook in 2005 for 75 million fact or fiction oh shit um f um (sighs) no pressure there is, because I know a little bit about him. <laughs> Obviously not enough. Yeah, I know. Um, For the win, Nick. Shit, I feel like that's, oh, I want to say fact. Is the final answer? I don't know. I'm scared. Just tell me. Uh, well, pick fact or fiction. You got a 50, I said 50 fact. Chance. Will you just Oh, fact. Me? Yes, that's true. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. So you won. So I did Nick win. is the I winner. Second time. All right. Thank so you. Three, two, one. So Hank, thanks for joining us. Everyone check him out uh, on Twitter. It's at Hank Thomas DC, like uh, Washington DC. So at Hank Thomas DC. Awesome. Thanks guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks, thanks for Hank. coming on. Thanks, Stay sir, safe Hank. out there. We'll talk to you later. We will. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. LD, uh, let's get a quick music update from you, brother. Yeah, sure. So like last week, I've just been listening to songs. There's not a lot of new albums out that I'm interested in. And uh, the first thing that I've been playing a lot is a one-hit wonder called Ride, Captain Ride by Blues Image. This is something you're going to hear. Oh, my God. I think I've heard that. You definitely have heard it. You might not uh, uh, recognize the title. Or maybe you do since you said that. But uh, you definitely uh, recognize it if it was on. Played a lot on AM radio stations. Um mm. Another one is Stay With Me by The Faces. This is a classic tune you would definitely recognize without a doubt from uh, Rod Stewart's first band before he Rod Stewart. Solo. I need to look that up. You should. You're, you're going to know it and you'll love it. And the song's about a one night stand. Um, that's something probably our audience can only I dream love about. love those. <laughs> can only dream about happening to them right now. Uh, Pretty great, right? Uh, <laughs> another one would be Ain't It Fun by the Dead Boys. This is, uh, they were an American punk rock band, and the whole song is basically a list of things that are obviously not a whole lot of fun, but the song itself is pretty great. Uh, but the Dead Boys broke up not long after they released this song, so that's kind of sad. Oh, not so much fun, huh? Ain't it and, fun? Yeah, fun was over. Mm-hmm. Next one, <laughs> next track. Mad About You by Belinda Carlisle. Oh my God. Belinda Carlisle. Oh my <laughs> I God. I love her. I love <laughs> so, her. Of course you do. So this, uh, this one's a great piece of 80s pop music by a total babe at the time, Belinda Carlisle. This, uh, this was made in, I think, like 1986. So I was around nine years old and I had a huge crush. Yeah, you did. On Belinda Carlisle. So cheers to you, Belinda. We all for, did, LD. For, uh, LD, math. <laughs> How'd I do? You just I do. did math. Did I do it? 
Did I do it correctly? Dang, I don't know. I'm about to do it yeah, myself. I, mean, I, can, I, can, I can do math all day. That doesn't mean it's correct. No, I get it. I get it. I get it. <laughs> all right. Well, it could be wrong. It probably is. I'm lost. Uh, so the, 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 uh, the last song is called Black Sheep by Martin Sexton. And uh, a little background here would be that there's a lot of people that make recommendations to me on Twitter and Telegram. And this guy, Martin Sexton, was recommended by Aaron. You might know him as Crypto at Night. Boomer. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a music fan, but you're not following him, you need to go follow him right now because yeah, he's been he's tweeting a, he's out. A G. He's a trip. Yeah. He is a trip. He's tweeting all kinds of links to free live streams oh, yeah. by musicians. Um, and last night, this guy, Martin Sexton, did a 30-minute live stream on Instagram. And he performed this song called Black Sheep which is one of my favorites by him. It's one of Aaron's favorites. And it's basically about being the black sheep of a family or some community and trying to get the nerve to step out on your own, leave your past behind. You can do it. Create your own future, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. So check um, that's music. Side note on, on crypto. Nice, night, you got to go. Did you see his dancing last oh, night? I saw it. It was beautiful. Oh, what a no. stud. Where did he dance? He danced. Oh yeah. Oh, he danced. Definitely. I missed it. Uh, I'll send you the link. I'm sure Perfect. he'll love it. Um, LD, I think now's a good time to mention our Discord because we've got uh, we started a Discord with all of our segments and whatnot, and the music we've got each segment has their own little you know channel, and the music channel is just popping. Is it really? I need to get back in there. Doe, I know Doe. Shout out Doe. She's been putting Doo-doo. a lot in there. So, yeah, we'll have a link on our uh, show notes. Go join our Discord, pop in and say hi. But uh, we, every week we like to wrap up the segments with hat tip. Um, I think it's pretty fitting, although we're uh, trying not to talk about Corona. But, you know, hospitals can be scary for young children. The mach- machines in them can be even scarier. They're loud. They're clunky thinking of those MRI CT machines, um, pretty intimidating to young minds. This is where this gentleman named Doug Dietz comes in. He's, he was quoted saying, I see this young family coming down the hallway and I can tell as they get closer that the little girl is weeping. As they get even closer to me, I notice the father leans down and just goes, remember, we talked about this. You can be brave. Um, so that, that gives me the chills, but so in partnership with GE Healthcare and the University of Pittsburgh Hospital, Dietz redesigned the rooms with the MRI scanners to feature adventure environments that excite kids rather than scare them. He made that. some of them look like spaceships, submarines, cozy campgrounds, all that other stuff. So this is what it's all about. Cool. Hat tip goes to you, Doug Dietz. Uh, you know, as we always say, the world needs more people like you, especially this time. So, yeah, thanks, Doug. Thanks, yeah, that, Doug. That's pretty, I thought that was pretty sweet. That tugs is that, sweet. I think adults heart. would like that too. Hell yeah, throw mm-hmm. me in a race car. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that's a wrap, episode six. Um, hope you enjoyed Hank again. Check him out on Twitter. It's at HankDC. Uh, follow our Twitter for updates. It's at Live from Iowa. Also, our Discord will have a link in the show notes. Uh, check out our website, livefromiowa.com. We'll have the five things that Hank said about OPSEC that you need to ask yourself. Uh, If you like what we do, subscribe, give five stars for LD, Nick and myself, tip your waitress, stack those sats, baby. It's what it's all about. Am I right? Right. You're always right. When you're right, you're right. When you got it, you got it. Right, Nick? You've got it. All right. Sign us off, Nick. Signing off.
Bye. See you guys. <laughs>